1: Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in November of 2020 and welcome to episode 22, teachers need to learn too. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. We want to give a shout out to our local math council. They tweeted something on Twitter for us. It says, "We always learn something new from PBCCTM members at I Teach the Y and at Mrs. Cousin's 5. Thank you for sharing your hashtag #learningthroughmath podcast with At Laura and Karina. Yay. Thanks for the shout out. I love our local math council. It's the best. Palm Beach County Council of Teachers of Mathematics. And we just had a virtual
0: meet a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I really found it beneficial. I really liked having the virtual, you know, usually we meet at a restaurant. Right. Which is fun. But it was nice to meet in, you know, the comfort of our own homes. Right. Especially now. Right. Since we can't really yeah. go and lots learn of from new members and learn from, you know, different perspectives. And we got to
1: meet new people too. Yeah, which was great. My reflection is from our episode 20, and I really got to thinking about assessment. This that episode is about grades. Uh-huh. If you haven't heard it yet, go ahead and pause and and listen to that one. But I keep hearing over and over again for the past few years what the root of assess means. And it means to sit next to what assess in Latin and French terms means to sit beside to sit next to you know how I'm always saying you can sit next to a kid and know if they know it in two minutes yes guess what there you go that's what it means that's it I'm
0: shocked by that yes wow I do have some good news that I want to share. I think we're finally making strides in the classroom. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Last week, I was teaching multiplying decimals. Mm -hmm. And the students, when we were talking about different strategies, the students said, I think it is this way because it looks right. (laughs) Oh. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was their reasoning. Oh, wow. That's it. That's all they could give me.
1: Okay. We're
0: starting to get a little bit better okay at explaining the why and in mathematical terms so using mathematical reasoning it's a slow process. <laughs>
1: but it's 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 getting, there. it's getting there. So the whole placement of the of the decimal point, they're justifying it slowly. Slowly. All right, well that is good news. So
0: instead of getting, you know, looking at it in a negative light, uh-
1: I am looking at the cup half full. Okay. All right. We we have to take those moments for That's sure. Right. My good news for this week is my building fact fluency kit arrives! <laughs> this weekend, I am prepared to dive into it and really learn it quickly because in six days, I want to use it with the second grade students that I'm going to be seeing. Oh, fun. Yes. Mm, Yay. I can't wait. Let's jump into this week's topic. Yes. Teachers need to learn, too. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to
0: you? Well, a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. It means a lot of things. I think the big one for me is that teachers really must learn the content. Yes. We have to not only learn it. But know it and understand it. And understand it. I, I think that's what I
1: mean, really, is okay. understand
0: the content. Okay. So not just learn it, but right, understand it.
1: And not just the one grade that they teach. They really have to know below and above. Yes,
0: but it's to deepen their content knowledge. Put the TE away. <laughs> like yes. the TE is is good, is a good resource when it has those higher thinking order questions that you could ask. But I think we have to struggle a bit and, yeah. and embrace the struggle, right? Just like we tell our students to do, we have to do it too. One thing that I started doing right from the first year that I started teaching fifth grade was take the assessment using the strategies that I've expected the kids to master, right? Right. The the strategies that I have taught or I was hoping to show them and, and guide them through. And that helped me to see which questions they were going to have a little bit more trouble with and to make sure that the the strategies that I taught was something that was more general and not specific to a problem. Right. You know in reading we say when you're conferencing with kids teach the reader not the book. Right. And I think that in math we have to do the same. We have to teach the mathematician not the question because we can't teach them every single question they're
1: going to encounter the answer or how to solve every single question. Yep. Because we t- you and I talk all the time about We need to be able to have our students become problem solvers. Yes. And if we can teach them to become a problem solver, they can solve any problem. Correct. And I always tell the kids, I actually just told them this week, I can't prepare
0: you for every question and every problem that you're going to encounter, not just this year, but in your life. Right. What I'm trying to teach you are skills and strategies that you have in your toolbox that you can fall back on. Right. Anytime you encounter a problem, you know what what you can do. You have something that you can try. Yes.
1: I think honestly, we as teachers have got to stop using cubes and keyword posters, things like that. And we need to start using things like numberless word problems so that the kids figure out what the math is, what the situation is for the math. Are we separating things? Are we dividing things? Mm-hmm. Are we combining things? Whatever, whatever they're doing, without even using any numbers, just think about what's happening in the story. Yeah, that,
0: I mean that's so important. Another conversation we have in the classroom is that if your picture is good enough, sometimes that's all you need. Yep. You know, truly, in fifth grade, if they draw a good enough picture for any kind, for fractions, for decimals, if their picture is strong enough and it reflects what's happening in the problem. Mm-hmm. That's all they need to solve it.
1: Yep. That's it. For the past couple weeks on Fridays, I've been, you know, quote, covering classes mm-hmm. for uh, teachers to go to the school based team meetings. And the fifth, fourth, and third graders that I've been working with, it's been, it really has been so much fun, mm-hmm. but also very eye opening of the number sense, which we talked about last week, how much they lack. Right. But what you just said about, the model and being good enough. This one image that I had taken from Same But Different was beads on a string. And one set was three blue beads, and then there was a gap, two blue beads, and one yellow bead. That was one picture. And the next picture was five blue beads and the one yellow bead together. So there was no separation. And I asked them, what expression can Mm. I write for each of these? Yeah. And in every single class, someone said four plus two. And I stopped them and I said, okay, show me where where is the four and yeah. where is the two? And they couldn't come up with it. So I said, all right, I think that's a great expression for a different picture. Yeah. But in this picture, what expressions yeah. could we make? So they came up with, uh, of course, three plus three for the first one five plus one for the second one. And I said, what else can we make? And someone came up with six plus zero for the one on the right where okay. they're all together. And sometimes, I think it was more the, the fifth graders and some of the fourth graders, they came up with three plus two plus one. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. I would say to even the third graders yesterday, because I was with them, I'd say, so this is a group of three. So what if I just write three and I can't write three again because we already said three plus three. So I said, tell me about these two blue beads and one yellow bead as a group. Someone would say two plus one. And that's where I got to introduce the parentheses. And some of the kids said, oh, we've been learning about that. I said, okay, that's great because look, that means it's a grouping symbol. We're grouping this two plus one. Mm -hmm. So the the strength about the modeling with the kids super-duper important. This is kind of going to lead into the next
0: idea that we had, where mm-hmm. where, what else do, or how else should teachers learn? So we have learning the content, but right. how else should they learn? It kind of leads into the next one. It's learning from our students, mm-hmm. and using what they already know to
1: learn new things. Right, as a jumping point, as right. a starting point for right. them.
0: And that's why it's so important that our like for me as a fifth grade teacher that teachers previously have really done the work of teaching students using those base 10 blocks Mm -hmm. using number bonds using number lines and number paths using all of these other things because when i start to use it with higher complexity of you know problems and two or three step word problems Mm -hmm. They falter. They don't have that strong foundation that they need. For example, our last unit was multiplying decimals. Okay. We've used base 10 blocks. Mm -hmm. We used grid paper, you know, when you color the rows and the columns. Shading and overlapping. Right. The shading, the overlap. And, of course, area model. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Your favorite model. my, My favorite. And if you don't remember, hop on over to episode 14. It's all there. Is that wham? Wham. Wonderful area model. (laughs) And the other one is placing the decimal. Ah. Which I will tell you is one of my most favorite things to teach because it makes sense. It's estimation. It finally shows the importance of estimation mm. in practice, mm-hmm. right? Like I think a lot of times when we estimate it's just it's just to check the work or to make sure that your answer fits or, mm-hmm. you know, we do use estimation a lot in real life when we're at the grocery store, when we're at Target, right? Yes. As adults, I feel like we use estimation constantly. Right. But in the classroom it feels Forced? kind of... Forced? Yeah, yeah. Disjointed. But in in this lesson, it finally <gasps> makes sense, right? If yes. you estimate what your answer will be, mm-hmm. that's how you know where the decimal goes. Mm-hmm. You don't have to count.
1: You don't have to scoop. Mm-hmm. You don't have to create these rules. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. The other thing that teachers need to learn is learning with your students. What I love is that when I'm listening to students and they're sharing their ideas, and then I'm sharing my ideas, and then we come up with a whole new way to do something that none of us had thought about before. Right. So learning with your students is also super important. Yeah,
0: and not to be afraid to make mistakes with your students.
1: Yes. When you brought up the textbook earlier and you said put the TE aside, the one thing that did pop in my mind that I do like is when they give us Misconceptions. Common, yes. <laughs> the common <laughs> errors or, common or the misconceptions. Yes. Yeah. That's something that I love. It's kind of like my favorite. No. Yeah. You know, where we can see where the kids have gone wrong historically mm-hmm. and how to help the kids fix it or probe them How do you fix this? Yeah. How would you fix this? And that kind of takes the pressure off, right? It's not, we're not
0: judging anyone Mm -hmm. in the classroom. These are just errors that have been made previously. And if if for some reason your TE doesn't have that. There's a whole website. Yeah, there is.
1: Yeah. What is that website? We will look it up and put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. I want to say it's like math misconceptions or something we'll uh-huh. we'll, we'll, we'll f- figure it out
0: but we I mean you could easily create your own you mm-hmm. know in number talks we say oh I saw a s- yeah. or I had a student last year who did it this way I, I mean just lie right right just <laughs> <laughs> just go ahead, create the example, the non-example, and just say, oh, someone wrote it like this. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just lie about it. Yep. <laughs> because it's the conversation that's important. It's not really what the mistake was. It's the conversation around around the error. Absolutely. I think the fourth big con- big, big idea yeah. that we have around this is the importance of teachers using each other to, to learn from. Abso- uh, you and I do this yeah. all the time. Well, that's what this whole podcast right. is. <laughs>
1: It's us learning from each other. Yes, it is. Thanks for that reminder. <laughs> but when do teachers do this? And
0: that's the problem, right? right? That's that's the big issue is and especially this year, you know, we can't even gather together. We're doing when we do our PLCs, it's still all virtual. Oh. We're in def- different rooms. Right. We're not together. That's a problem.
1: it's right. a, It's a struggle. It's a struggle. And you and I have bubbled together. So that's why we're able to do this podcast right. together <laughs> and still learn from each other, sitting next to each other, yep. which we're not able to do in the right. classroom. Right. Or even in our school buildings. Or if we are, we all have to be six feet apart. It's a struggle. Even district-wide, we have math cadres online. It's all virtual. Yes. But... In a positive note, everybody can be a participant. Nobody needs a substitute. Right, but is it happening? Are and people joining. And the other problem is it's only like an hour. Yeah. It's not all day. Yeah. Because we really do need time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are the other countries? I feel like Finland and and probably some Asian countries, they pay their teachers to learn. And plan together, right? Collaborate. And if, they're, if their students leave, like we had our PDD days, our like we had our PD days, our professional development days. I loved those days when we got to learn what we wanted to learn right or what we knew we needed to learn not things that are forced upon us yeah you know which that's a that's a whole other thing (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) i just know it's so important that we learn from each other Mm -hmm.
0: we can't be scared too you know it's not about a pride thing it's not about oh i made this mistake but let me hide it or it is all about being vulnerable Mm -hmm. which we've talked about Mm -hmm. in previous
1: episodes Mm-hmm.
0: You're right. And reflecting on our teaching practices and admitting that sometimes there is a better way, right? Oh my gosh. Or there's if,
1: another way. Again, if I could apologize to the students that I had when I first started teaching, I mean, all of us. I'm so sorry, right? All of us. Oh, because everything was procedural. Mm-hmm. Our challenge for you this week is to learn something. Learn something. I don't care if it's something new, something old that you want to relearn. Just go out and learn. Something this week. Mm-hmm. If you're not sure where to jump in, go
0: ahead and take a look at some multiplication strategies for decimals. That's a good start. It is a good start. <laughs> and think about placing the decimal. Gosh, I love that so much. Mm.
1: Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag LearningThroughMath. We'd love to hear your feedback.
0: Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.
1: To you too.